0: Welcome to Spark, our weekly inspirational podcast full of actionable ideas for strategically preparing your business and yourself for anything that may come your way. I'm your host, Stephanie Redcross West, and now let's jump into our next episode. These days, we're constantly on camera, many of us find ourselves in front of a microphone and camera, sometimes at a moment's notice and other times just on a consistent basis. And therefore it can feel a little bit strange at times. You may feel yourself fidgeting, maybe looking at yourself instead of looking at the camera or just not feeling comfortable, confident, and in your own skin. So in today's session, I want to talk about a couple of tips, a couple of recommendations and things you can do so you can build your confidence over time and ultimately feel like a rock star on your next live session or meeting in Zoom. All right, now let's dive in. Now, the reason I want to talk about this topic, the reason I thought this would be a good one to discuss in our session is because for many of us, we've been thrusted into the concept of being on camera. We feel like we were kind of getting caught up when all of this started and many of us had to go virtual, the world started to shut down. Many of us just tried to figure it out and said, ah, what I have is probably the best I can do. I'm just going to make it work. And the reality is that's where we all started. Many of us just had to make it work. However, it's been a little bit of time since we've been thrusted in front of the cameras. So now what I want you to do is take a step back and say, do I need to make some changes so that not only can I look my best, not only can I feel my best, but can I make sure this kind of virtual reality that we're all in and is here to stay? you can actually get better at it, feel better about it, and really get even better results. All right. Now, the way to do that is to start to peel back some of the layers, start to think about some of the things that maybe make you feel uncomfortable. Think about some of the things that you struggle with and make a list. Because what I find is when I did that, it helped me identify what are some of the things that were kind of things that kind of bugged me or wish were better, but I knew I still had to push forward. And when I started to make that list, I started to kind of incorporate into my monthly to-do list to actually cross off one of those items on the list and actually fix them, actually improve them and actually make them better. And I'll talk about that during today's session on a couple examples of what I've done over time and how I got myself there. So I don't want you to think today as we're talking that I want you to change everything, that I want you to spend a whole bunch of money on equipment or any of those things. What I want you to do is just start to understand what holds you back or what makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable and start writing those things down so we can find solutions for them. Now, for anyone who's watching this live or even listening to this as a replay, if you want to share any of those things that hold you back from going live, make you feel uncomfortable. I'd love to hear about them because I can address them here live. I can answer your questions or even give you a tip. So feel free to use the comments right now to share those things with me if you're not feeling too shy about sharing them because I would love to make sure as you finish today's session, you feel equipped with something that can make a difference for you, all right? Now, I'm gonna start with some of the things that I struggled with and some of the things that my clients struggled with to give you a foundation of what you can do to help build that confidence as you're on camera, all right? The number one place we're gonna start is equipment. Now, I wanted to start here for a couple of different reasons because there's the myth out there that you need to spend a lot of money to make sure your camera image and everything looks good and works. And the reality is for many of you, you might be able to use what you already have when it comes to equipment, or what you may need to do is just do some tweaks to make what you have better. And that's why what I recommend is testing your equipment. What I find for many people, why they feel a little bit less confident in front of the camera is because when they go live, they kind of go through this shuffling exercise where they're trying to get the mic set up, they're turning on the lights, they're moving the camera around. And what happens is because they haven't really tested the look, they haven't tested the microphone, they haven't figured out what they're going to use for headphones so that you can hear a person, especially if you're doing an interview, and then what will be your microphone so you can speak. What happens is you kind of run through this process when you either start an interview or start a Zoom call where you're almost in this like testing my equipment live in the middle of a session. And what I want you to do is actually pull that away from your next live session. What I want you to do is test your equipment before you go live. Make sure you have a good understanding of what is working, how your camera connects. And even if you're going to be on a meeting and on a new platform you've never been on before, click on the link before you go live, the day before, and just test it. Make sure everything is actually functioning the way you want it before you go live. And I know that sounds like, yeah, That's a basic understanding. But what I find is a lot of people don't do it. And I know often we're all stretched for time. And it's like, when do I have time to do everything? But honestly, doing a test of your microphone, of your camera, and just making sure everything is working correctly before you go live or before you do an interview will save you not only a ton of headaches, but will also help you because when you have those like technical hiccups, right before a session, those things often can affect people. They often allow you to kind of get in the zone where you feel like, ah, wait, that didn't work. Oh, this was a problem. Oh, and you're feeling these emotions that often stay with you through that interview or stay with you during that session. So one way I find to avoid that is to do it in advance. The other way I find to avoid that is to make sure your equipment does work for you. Make sure you have the best equipment. Make sure your lighting is correct. And I don't mean by lighting. You may have to grab a um, lamp from somewhere else in the house and that's what you're going to use for your lighting. But figure those things out. I'm going to show you what I mean if you're watching me on the uh, live session. Is The way my lighting is set up, it's set up for me to stand like here. I can move a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right. But if I go too far over, you'll notice my face gets overexposed. My actual, there's too much light on my face. If I go too much to the other side, it's overexposed. So what I did is I tested the setting and said, okay, where do I need to be for my lighting to hit me well? Where do I need to be for my lighting to hit correctly in the behind me? And by actually figuring out in the room that I'm going to do my live sessions in, often what I was able to do is when it's time for me to go live, I don't have to fiddle around with my lighting. I don't have to fiddle around to see if it looks good and everything's fine. It's almost like X marks the spot, I know exactly where I'm going to broadcast from. I know optimally what will work. And what you're probably not noticing because, you know, I'm only 5'2", so you may not be able to tell the difference, is I also stand for all of my live sessions. I used to sit a lot. I loved sitting because it was just more comfortable. You know, it really helped me in the beginning stages, but what I found is for me to project well, for me to really kind of feel like I'm almost presenting, like I'm presenting on stage, as opposed to I'm presenting to a camera, what it feels like sometimes, what I tend to do is stand. And that would probably be one of my pro tips out there, is that anytime you do an interview, anytime you're going to be doing live sessions, stand because it gives you not only more image, it gives you often a better kind of stance while you're doing your live session. And also what it does is it allows you to kind of be in the same place at the same time. Sometimes when you're sitting, it's easy to slouch, it's easy to move. And what I can find is that you'll be fidgeting on camera, trying to get the right spot. And when you're standing, you tend to stand in the same way over and over and over. So I highly recommend you do that as a way to make sure you don't have any of those technical hiccups that actually could erode your confidence on camera. All right. The next thing I want to recommend is I want to talk about how do you feel natural on camera? Because for many people, it can feel like, oh gosh, all the attention, the spotlights on me, what do I do? What should I do? And that may kind of send you into a feeling that doesn't allow you to move forward and with ease. And one thing I recommend for a lot of people is to practice. Now, what happens is when I recommend practice, often what people think I mean is memorizing your information, memorizing what you're going to talk about, memorizing the questions to the interview, or if you're recording this video, writing down a word for word script. Personally, I find that does not allow me to flow. It doesn't allow me to kind of be myself on camera and make sure that my personality comes through. If I'm reading, I'm almost carefully going word by word that I find it slows me down. So what I recommend for a lot of people is while I think it's great to have an outline, I do think it's good to have a sense of what you want to talk about. And even writing out a general intro and outro is a great way to make sure you have a strong kind of start to your sessions. But what I tell a lot of people to do is instead of memorizing your next live session or memorizing what to say, practice your flow. And what I mean by practicing your flow, I want you to think about how you want to address your audience. I want you to get used to how you want to talk, how in kind of volume you want to put out. I want you to get used to things like looking at the camera and not looking at yourself on Camera, Because when you look at your cell phone camera, your eyes will go down. If you look directly in the camera, it will look like you're looking at the person who's on the other side of the camera. And often you don't do that well because it's not natural to just stare at a camera. What happens is you get better at that when you practice it. When I also think about flow, I want you to think about how do you propose questions? How do you answer them? How do you want to handle having comments if you're going to do a live session? So get used to the idea of doing a little bit of presentation. And then how do you glance down to see if there's a comment and then move your eyes back up? Same thing. Like I'll look right now and then come back. What happens is a lot of people don't practice this process and because they don't practice it when they're thrust into it, you often feel awkward. You don't feel like it's natural. And what you have to do through that practice is create this natural, a little bit unnatural way of doing live sessions, like I said, by looking at things like the camera. But by doing that practice, you start to get that muscle memory. And therefore, every time you go live, you'll get used to the idea of how you project Where's your mic? How handsy you'll be. One thing I used to do is hit my mic all the time. And I got used to the idea that I still move my arms and move my hands. You can probably see it from my shoulders. But what I tend to do now is keep my hands lower so I don't hit that mic. So I highly recommend you start thinking about your flow, your style. How do you want to start your sessions? How do you want to end your sessions? Even if we're talking about meetings, How and what is your flow if you're conducting a meeting, whether you're a coach, whether you do training, whether you do workshops, how do you want to set these things up so that you can have time to present, time for Q&A, time for maybe if you're going to give people breakout sessions, how do you want to do the breakout sessions, bring them back in and then continue with the Q&A. All of that can happen and happen seamlessly for you. As long as you practice. Now, one way I've gotten good at it, one way that I've, at least I should say, get better because there's definitely still room for me to improve and do better, even in these sessions and really everything I do, is what I did is I created up, I created some practice time. I sat down and initially created a practice day where I went through the tools that I use. I actually used them, clicked on all the buttons, tried everything out. So if you use something like Zoom, make sure you open it and actually use it, play with it, actually get comfortable with it. If you use a tool like I use, like StreamYard for your live sessions, make sure you open it, test it, practice it. And by playing with these tools, you'll become more comfortable and naturally kind of flow with using these tools. Now, once I got kind of the basics down, what I started to do is over time, I put about 30 minutes in my calendar so that over, I think it was about a 30 day period, maybe it was a little bit longer than that. 30 minutes once a week, what I ended up doing is doing a practice flow. So I pick a topic, I get in front of my camera. Often I just open up like a Zoom session or here in StreamYard, I'd open a session that was record only. So I wasn't broadcasting it. And what I would do is hit the button and record it. I would actually record me doing a session. I would give myself a chance to actually see myself on camera so I could become comfortable with the idea of being on camera. I think that's one of the big hurdles that many of us feel. The idea is that in our minds, while we're presenting, we're like, well, what does it look like? Or how does it feel? Or what are people experiencing? All of that's kind of like just firing off as question marks (laughs) in our brain. And that going on at the same time you're doing a presentation can be a little bit distracting. So if you practice and see yourself on camera, if you practice to see what that looks like, often you can get comfortable with it and those questions won't be firing off during your next session. Now, I spread mine out over weeks because I wanted to take time to get um, improvement. But I say for a lot of people that if you're going to be going live soon, if you're deciding to do more live, and if you've been nervous in a lot of lives, what I recommend is pulling out your phone. And while this isn't going to be a 100% the same way that you would have done it in a specific live session, but pulling out your phone and for seven days straight, get up first thing in the morning and do a two to five minute video and record yourself on your cell phone. It will feel like a selfie video, so it'll be a little bit different because you're holding it. You know, you won't have the microphone, maybe the lighting and all of that because that's not necessarily what we're working on here. Remember, we're working on flow. But the idea of actually putting a camera in front of you for seven days straight, recording it, and then looking at how you change over those seven days period can really be not only inspirational because you'll see your growth. You'll see how your flow changes, how your comfort level changes. And then you'll also be able to see if there's anything you want to change, especially things like fidgeting, especially things that you may not be as conscious of until you see yourself on camera. And then also once you see yourself on camera more often, you often get more comfortable with the idea. doing presentations at VegFest, or maybe you're used to doing workshops, and the idea is you can see your audience, and therefore you kind of feed off of that energy in the audience. But when you go live, it's sometimes when you're in Zoom, you don't feel that same energy coming back. So therefore, you have to figure out a way to project and still deliver on that great energy even if that energy isn't coming in your other direction. And I find using a phone and recording yourself for seven days, maybe it'll take you 14 days straight, is a great way for you to get used to that feeling that you are the one that has to deliver on that energy no matter what is going on around you. Okay, so let me know if that tip helps. I know it has helped a ton of my clients and I hope it helps many of you. The other thing I recommend to help you build that confidence, especially while you're on camera, is figuring out your look and your style, figuring out what you really want that kind of experience to be like. And I bring that up because I did this gradually. And I really wanna recommend the same for many of you. I don't want you to feel like it has to be perfect tomorrow. I don't want you to feel like it has to look even the way my kind of look looks today. This took me time. If you look at my old videos, and I highly recommend that you do, you'll notice that I had different types of backgrounds. Like I mentioned before, I was sitting in some of them. and some of them, I've done different looks with my hair. I've done different looks with makeup. And what I've started to do over time is create a consistent look, is to really figure out, okay, do I want a branded look behind me like I have now? I actually played around. And these are all things um, other than the banner. I bought the banner almost a year or so, maybe longer than that. It's been a year and a half. I bought it pre-COVID, so I've had it for a long time. But most of the things that you see behind me, which you may not even be able to see everything, these are things that were in my house. These are things I just redistributed. Even like I have a pillow behind me. (laughs) One of them was like a birthday present like eight years ago for my husband. Um, And the idea is over time, each month, I keep making my backdrop look a little bit better, look a little bit different, fit into the vibe that I'm looking for and get a sense of where I'm going. And I say that to say that it doesn't have to be perfect in the beginning All you have to be willing to do is improve it over time so eventually you'll feel more comfortable and confident because you started to make your look and your feel similar. The same thing with my hair. I even started to do my hair the same and parted on the same way. And I know not everyone maybe has hair drama like me but in the beginning, hair was a challenge for me. It frustrated me. It made me not even feel comfortable on camera because I was like, oh, I don't know if my hair is done. I don't know if it looks okay. I don't know if it looks good enough to be on camera. I was going through it. And what I had to realize is as long as I could set a standard style that I like for my camera, As long as what I did is I added a 30 minute meeting. It's a reoccurring meeting on my calendar before this session. So I always had time or break in my day and my meetings so that I could run into, you know, my bedroom and, you know, work on my hair, fix my hair, make any changes. So I'd be camera ready. The other thing I would do is I actually sat down and told myself that my hair doesn't have to be perfect. My hair can be. A representation of me can be a little bit different depending on how I'm feeling that day. And what I had to do is really start to understand that, yes, there's a look and there's a style I'm looking for, but there's also that look of authenticity that I wanted to have when I was on camera. And therefore it didn't mean I had to have makeup on all the time. It didn't mean that I had to look like, you know, I just came from the salon kind of look that sometimes I could look polished. Sometimes I could just look like Stephanie you would bump into at a local coffee shop because I wanted my experience in these live sessions to feel authentic. And therefore that meant I had to make sure that I started to be more comfortable in my own skin and comfortable with the idea that not every day is going to be a perfect hair and makeup day, but every day I'm going to show up for everyone here and give you everything I have and give you my best for that day. And I believe that is good enough. And that was important for me to learn. And I hope you're willing to take that same journey and take that same step so you can feel that level of confidence too. All right. And then the last thing I want to talk about is intros, outros, standard approaches for your meetings. This has probably been one of the things that I continue to work on. A lot of times I know I come here and I always give you recommendations. Oh, you should do this. Oh, you should try to do that. But I also think it's fun sometimes when I share things that I'm working through. When I share things that I'm still discovering about me and how I want to do it. And this is something that I also believe builds and helps with that confidence. Because for many of us, when that on air light pops on, you know, when the record button goes live in a Zoom session, when you know the mic is yours and it's time for you to talk, you can feel that hesitation moment. You can feel that. What do I say first or what should I say and how should I say it? And what I found is instead of leaving that to chance, instead of making your beginning of your live sessions, instead of making the beginning of your meetings a very let's see what happens fly by the moment experience. What I found over time is I can really build my energy if I have a standard way I like to start my meetings. If I have a standard way, I like to start my live sessions. Some of it has to do with being a standard greeting. Some of it has to do with a standard flow. And some people even have like a standard like phrase that they say. Now I'm still working on my standard phrase. I want to get one. I actually am really excited about building one for my both of my podcasts um, I do have some standard approaches for my meetings that I absolutely do. And a lot of times for my meetings, often it's about the way I greet people and how I ask them how they're doing and making sure that I don't just jump into the meeting topics, but I give people an opportunity to kind of talk with me a little bit before we b- dive into the details, to allow a person to kind of talk. And what happens is our meetings start to feel a little bit more conversational instead of it feeling like, you know, it's an update call or what are you doing? How are you doing on your task and types of things. So on the meeting side, I do pretty good on that. And I highly recommend for many of you to think about that. What is your standard? How do you approach your meetings? But what I really love to do for presentations and live sessions is work on an intro. So that's one of those things that I'm going to be working on next month. Next month, I'm going to try two or three different options, and then I'm going to ask you for feedback because I want to see what kind of flow would work and what kind of approach would work best for these podcasts because I know as I've been testing and doing different things over the last year and a half, I've liked different approaches, but now I think I'm ready to lock it in and I highly recommend you do the same thing. So think about that first 10 seconds, that first 20 seconds, those first two sentences that you want to deliver when you start a live session Or after you do like an intro, like I did today, and then you talk about how do you transition from your intro to the content? What would that look like? I think that's a great and amazing thing for many of us to work on because that can help you build confidence because you'll know your first like minute or two, you already know what you're going to say. You know what you're going to do. You know how it's going to work. And therefore, when you know I think that knowing is what you can build your confidence on. And therefore, when you build your confidence on that strong start, I believe it's much easier for you to have a strong finish. So I highly recommend that many of you give that a try. Me personally, I'm going to be trying this approach where I'm going to do an intro to the session. I'm going to maybe do a video interlude. So I'm going to give that a try and then go into the content. So watch out for that one because that's my new intro that I'm going to be trying. But ultimately, the idea is coming up with that standardized approach can really help you make being on camera a much more comfortable and enjoyable experience. So that's what I have for you today. That's what I wanted to do is just give you a couple of ideas, give you a couple of suggestions, and also share with you many of the things that I've been doing. I find that these journeys that we're all on is really an opportunity for us to continue to learn. It's an opportunity for you to get comfortable with the fact that many of us need to be Kind of consistent learners. We have to be open to learning. And I know it's hard in this environment of going live. I know it can be hard in these virtual environments to learn something new, to experience something new. But I really feel like as a leader and as a person that's really trying to drive change out in the world, we ourselves have to be comfortable with change. If we're asking people to go vegan, we're asking people to go a whole food plant-based diet, we're asking people to save animals, we're asking people to change some of the things that they're doing in our environment that's harming it and hurting it. If we can ask others to change, we have to be willing to change, even if it is on these small levels in these small places like this. So use this as an opportunity for you to make the change that you need to make, to get comfortable with that change. Because by being able to make the changes, to try new things, and to build your confidence as you're on camera, it'll make it easier for you to get your message out. It'll be easier for you to support your customers and it'll be easier for you to drive the change that we all desperately want in the world. If these tools, if these outlets become assets for you and you feel more confident in delivering that message. All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us live. It was great to see everyone. Thank you for joining us. If you did watch this as a replay, I hope this was inspiring, and I hope this helps you on your journey as you move forward. Take care, everyone.